This message is made available by the partners and friends of Breakthrough Miracle Life. Catch our live broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on internet radio at mixlr.com forward slash B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U. Wow. I'm excited to be in the presence of God. I hope you are as excited as I am. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. I thought we were going to continue on love and faith. Then I was standing right there at the back and the Lord said to me, Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thanksgiving. Say it with me. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Say it again. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And I began to realize that we are in a season of Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, we are not in a season of thanksgiving because the Americans have it at the end of every November. No. This is spiritual timing. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a, a nice spiritual coincidence that the Americans have thanksgiving season. But I feel strongly that the Lord wants us to engage in thanksgiving. So I was asking, I said, Lord, thanksgiving? And he said, yes. You've just finished a fast. It's time to thank me. For the great things I have already released. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many fasted? Mm-hmm. We also have those who did not fast. Hallelujah. I won't ask how many fasted the entire time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The good thing is. The one who came in the morning and the one who came in the evening, they all got one dinner. Hallelujah. Amen. So they'll be a hallelujah. <laughs> God is good. That's when you realize that it's not about your effort, but about the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Now, of course, realizing that the grace of God should push you to go even higher. Amen. Amen. Not cause you to say, well, you know, no, it should be the other way around. You're like, having been given such amazing grace, how can I not go all the way? Hallelujah. How many have gone with me the full 21 days these last three weeks? Hallelujah. Eh, it's just what? Two. Okay. There's someone here lying to us, but God is good. (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah amen but i had the lord speak clearly about thanksgiving but before we go there before we talk deeper about it i want to show you the consequences of not giving thanks romans chapter 1 verse 21 i'm reading from the nasb the new american standard bible hallelujah says for even though they knew god they did not honor him as god or give thanks but they came futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened now when you read romans chapter one you see paul is breaking down how the descent into lawlessness begins and you notice something He says, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. So we begin to see that the descent into lawlessness always begins with the people who begin to ignore the hand of God in their lives. They begin to take it for granted. 
they begin to think well um we are educated you know um we have all these we've done all these great things we have all these resources and as as they become more and more caught up in thinking that they have brought themselves to where they are that's how the descent into lawlessness begins because you see every time you stop giving thanks you stop recognizing god as god because you stop to see his hand in the affairs of your life and this is why testimonies are very important in church testimonies are important because they remind us that god is at work isn't it amazing that many times someone will stand up and give a testimony and then you realize i also have that same testimony but i had forgotten it yeah how many have been there someone after someone testifies on you like hey even me god did something like that for me but you were quiet somewhere along the way in fact at that very moment chances are you've been complaining about something god has not been doing until someone testifies and you realize that god has been working in your life and you had begun to take for granted certain things because you see them all the time it's easy until i had friends who were struggling for breath because of covid did I really pay attention to how precious breath is and how you cannot give yourself even one breath? You, you hear someone and they're literally struggling. <gasps> I mean, every breath is a real struggle. And then you realize it is a privilege that I breathe without even thinking about it. It just happens. You don't even think about it. Until you meet someone who suffers with asthma. And they're having an attack and they can barely take the next breath then you realize that you cannot take breath for granted but sometimes when we hear someone come and say i thank god i'm still breathing we're like okay move on to <laughs> yeah? because we are waiting for the spectacular we want to hear the spectacular thing huh? we, this other thing we are taking for granted only the day you are in the hospital and they put oxygen on and you are and you're like you realize how powerful how valuable how needful breath is there's so many things god does for us every day that we take for granted until the day you you don't have them and you realize i'm in trouble and then and this is why we must continually there must continually be a sound of thanksgiving in our hearts in our lives in our homes everywhere there must be thanksgiving hallelujah in fact i'll tell you thanksgiving is one of the major bedrocks of the christian life because thanksgiving keeps you aware of god and his hand in your life living a life of thanksgiving keeps you aware that god is working he is working he is working not only that as you develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving to god you will also develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving to your friends to your relatives to your spouse the things we don't notice because we take them for granted you take it for granted your spouse is supposed to do certain things and you take them for granted until the day and it better not happen to anyone here that you lose them 
and you realize eh, I could have you know I've be, I took for granted so many things you know for me because I come here oftentimes alone I appreciate Flavia more and more because then I come and then there are certain things I'm used to her doing for me and I realize oops you know I'm not enjoying those things anymore <laughs> You know, or sometimes I want to talk about something and she's not there for me to talk talk about it with her. Or now I have to call, then I realize it's sleeping time in America. And then I have more of an appreciation for her role in my life. A very long time ago when I was a, when I was a kid, Jimmy Katumba sang a song. You know? Hmm? Chimara kuvako oronozu kuka emirundi ejisinga ngatichichadanate You know that some things we only appreciate them when we lose them And God's calling us to that place of thanksgiving when you look at the throne room of God it's filled with thanksgiving Let me show you Let's go to Revelation chapter 6 hmm? chapter 7 verse 12 Actually, we can start from um, verse 11. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. This is the environment God dwells in. All, are, all around people are ever saying, Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. He dwells in an atmosphere of thanksgiving. And sometimes we are busy crying out to God. We need you. The problem is we've not created the atmosphere he dwells in. He cannot come and dwell in a place that is full of darkened hearts. Ungrateful. He dwells where there is thanksgiving. Hallelujah. In fact, God does good things for you just so that you can thank him. Hallelujah. Some of you don't believe me. Let me show you. Hallelujah. Amen. That he does good things so that there might be thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Let me show you. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. It says, For all things are for your sex. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hmm? In fact, let's go back one verse. Knowing that he which raised us up by the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sex that the abundant grace might through the, the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. So God causes grace to abound to you so that there may be thanksgiving from many and it redounds to his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
In fact, I have come to tell you this morning that if we want to see the bountiful harvest, we need to begin giving thanks. We need to begin thanking him already that he is going to do great things. You begin to thank him before you even see it. Hallelujah. You see it. Jonah is in the belly of a fish. Man, there is nothing to be thankful about when you are inside the belly of a fish. I think some of you have never considered it. Maybe some of you, you find the fish already ready. You need to cut it and see what it looks like inside there. And then imagine being inside. Hmm? Just a bigger version. Think it's plankton and other things like that. You're inside there with its digestive juices. Let me put it this way. It is like being put in a tub eh? or a drum eh? of someone's vomit. You know, just what you, you, you begin to grasp how disgusting the situation he was in. Because when it came to time for him to be released from the order, say the fish vomited him. So the guy had been dwelling in vomit. It was not the kind of place where you should, you, you would be, you would even think of giving thanks from. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Jonah. We need to see this. Hallelujah. Amen. Jonah, 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 Shaparade. Chapter 2, from verse 9 to 10. He says, Jonah chapter 2, 9 to 10. He says what? I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Now you see what verse number 10 says. I like the NASB but you know it says the NASB doesn't just say and the Lord. It says then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. When Jonah began in the middle of the situation he was in when he began to give the voice, the sacrifice of a voice of thanksgiving to God, then the Lord responded. Then he responded by commanding the fish to vomit him onto dry ground. The problem is, we want to give thanks after we've been vomited. God is saying, no, 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 I need you to give thanks while you are in the middle of the situation. I need you to start thanking me for your job now. I need you to start thanking me for your promotion now. I need you to start thanking me for your healing now. I need you to start thanking me for your great miracle now. Before you see it. First of all, because your faith ought to call the things which are not as though they are. Hallelujah. Because your God does. Your God calls the things which are not as though they are. In fact, faith is what? Substance of things hoped for evidence of things not seen. So if you are in faith, your faith is evidence enough that even though you can't see it, it is there. And so you start thanking. You start thanking. Thanksgiving causes God to respond. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We were still giving examples, you know, how God causes good things just so that you can give thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. This 2nd Corinthians chapter 9. We'll start from that very 
common verse, verse 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both to the he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. Which causes through us what? See how he says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. As we are enriched to all bountifulness, God literally ministers seed to the sower and bread to the eater so that we are enriched to all bountifulness and it causes us to give thanks. So imagine what a terrible thing it is for God to minister seed to you and to minister bread to you and it still doesn't cause you to produce thanksgiving. God literally wants to bless you just so that you can give him thanks. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And of course there is a secret here in this verse for many of you to understand about giving. It is God who both gives what? Bread to the eater and seed to the sower. What does that mean? It means that in every supply God gives you, there is bread and there is seed. Hallelujah. If you sow your bread, you will starve in the present. And if you eat your seed, you will starve in the future. So you must be able to tell what is bread and what is seed. Just like any farmer when you bring in your harvest. You know what to set aside for the next planting season and you know what to eat now. Many believers have stumbled on this one because when they are so, sometimes they get so emotional when the sermon is being preached about sowing, they sow their bread along with their seed. So they starve in the present and of course later, yes, the harvest comes in and they are rejoicing, but they starved in the present because they didn't know the difference between seed and bread. Now, this is not something most people preach because it's comfortable if people just give you everything. Hallelujah. But uh, <laughs> we must preach the whole counsel of God. Hallelujah. And we must never make it look like um, there is anything wrong with being an eater. Because it's God who ministers what? To both the sower and the eater. And you are meant to be both. You eat and you sow. Hallelujah. So if I get a million shillings now, there's my tithe, a hundred K, automatically. That one you don't even think about. The moment they said a million, you just know you only have 900 K. Instantly. Yeah? And then I'll probably get another 100 K and say, here is my offering. Yeah? And then depending on how the Spirit leads me, He might tell me to give 200, 300, He might tell me to give 100. As the Spirit leads, I have a seed on there. And the rest, I eat. Amen. Amen. Yes. Now, there may come a time, and there have been those times, when it all comes in and the Lord tells you that one is seed. Immediately it all comes in, he says, get all of it and sow a seed. But that's by instruction. Hallelujah. That is by instruction. I must hear 
from God. Otherwise, you can blame God for what is not his fault. But what was your lack of discernment? That's not the sermon today, but it needed to be said. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. To help some people, because I have had some people complain. Not from here. Here we are well balanced. Hallelujah. Amen. But I've had some people complain. And when I hear them complain, I realize the problem is not with the preacher who gave the word. The problem is with you, the hearer, who does not know enough to distinguish when, how much is seed, how much is bread. Hallelujah. Amen. Then you complain. I gave all of it. Man, I suffered. I starved. Yeah, you sold your bread. And by the way, bread doesn't grow. It is seed that grows. Yes, bread doesn't grow. Can you get a loaf of bread and put it in the ground and it grows? Does it? So only the seed portion of it will grow. Because that's what he will have instructed you. He's only, God only responds to his word. Anything outside of his word, he's not obligated to respond to it. So you might come back with rejoicing and you're actually rejoicing over the seed portion. It has brought back a bountiful harvest. But the bread portion, it was meant to be for you to eat. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, It makes God happy when you enjoy your stuff too. The Bible says it is the gift of God to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Amen. Hallelujah. It is the gift of God for you to be paid and you have a nice meal at Java's. Hallelujah. Yes, it's the gift of God to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Because there are people who labor and don't enjoy the fruits thereof. They labor and things happen. They are sick, you know, all sorts of things and they can't enjoy the fruit of their labor. It is the gift of God to enjoy the fruit of your labor. And when you're enjoying the fruit of your labor, don't let anyone make you feel guilty for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, don't let anyone guilt you into, you know, now you, you see here, you're eating a good meal, there are children starving in Somalia. Man! the gift of God for me to enjoy the fruit of my labor. I gave my tithe. I gave my offering. I sold my seed. I even gave to the needy. Yeah, Somewhere in my budget there is also something to give for alms. Because there is various offerings. Hallelujah. There is alms. Yeah, That's when you give to people who are in need. As the spirit leads again. Yeah, But after that, whatever is left after the instructions of God, because I am a steward. As a steward of God, God directs you on how you apportion the resources he has placed in your hand. Amen. You worship him with your offering. And he will give you an instruction concerning your seed so that you ensure your future harvest. And then he will show you some people and tell you, you know, Call so-and-so and send them this much. So-and-so has a need. You need to give them this much. Whatever is left, eat and enjoy it without guilt. If he hasn't told you to give it, then you have no need to feel guilty about it. You have done what he told you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. 
God is the wise master steward. Or as Isaiah 28 tells us, he, is, he, he, he gives the farmer wisdom. You are the farmer. God gives you wisdom about how to handle your harvest when it comes in. God himself gives you wisdom. And I pray here in Breakthrough that all of you will be spirit-led all the time. Amen. Amen. That you don't need someone to come up here and twist you this way and the other way in order to sow a seed. We just mentioned the Lord, you know, sow a seed as the Spirit leads and you already know in your spirit an amount. Because the Lord is speaking to you. Hallelujah. Spirit-led. That's where God wants all of us. Spirit-led in everything. We are so led of the Spirit. And I, this I pray that God gives us a a church full of people, you don't have to say much because you know the Lord has already spoken to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know we are getting there because I see it happening. Amen. I see it happening. I see it constantly. People responding and you're like, wow, I'm amazed. Amen. Amen. There's diversions, but the Lord is good. <laughs> Let's go back to Thanksgiving. I'm still showing you. Hmm? Verse 12, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Hallelujah. So, when he was telling them to give, he tells them this, you will not only meet the needs of the saints, yeah, but because of your giving, there are people who are going to be giving thanks to God. You're going to be causing thanksgiving to be abundant. Because everyone God will lead you to and say, maybe tell you, call so and so, and tell them God has led you to give them a hundred thousand. Immediately those ones are going to give thanks, aren't they? You can be the cause of much thanksgiving to God. So as he gives the instructions to the sower, he is creating a harvest of thanksgiving everywhere. Hallelujah. Because God desires thanks. That's why he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Before you even, at the gate there, he's like, you better enter the gate. Now, you see, by the time you're entering the gates, you haven't received anything yet. But you enter with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Find it interesting, Philippians 4, 6. We all know this scripture. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god with by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving so you see how even when you're asking you ask while giving thanks Amen. we we are coming into this season we have entered into this season and thanksgiving must come forth from our hearts Amen. We must give thanks. If, if not for anything, give thanks to God for breath. 
in this time and in this season, give thanks to God for breath. That you can breathe without assistance. There are those who need machines to breathe right now. Many around the world actually. Give thanks to God. You're healthy. You're here. He's preserved you. And I tell you, as a Ugandan, give thanks to God. For me, I've come from the United States. Last I checked, the deaths were 250,000 from COVID. Alone, without the other things. Let's give without the other things. Thanks to God. We've not come anywhere near, near even a tenth of that number yet here. And guess what? Our medical facilities are far below standard. It's only the grace of God. It is the grace of God. We better give thanks. Not be there speculating. You see, I think Africans, we must be more immune. You know, until you see, we, we grow up and uh, we already suffer from many things. My friend, it is the grace of God. <laughs> because, do you, know, do you know who is dying the most in America? Black people. So you be there with your theories of uh, of black genes. Eh? And the black Americans are usually blacker than you. <laughs> be thankful to God. Be thankful. Hallelujah. Amen. Colossians 4.2 What does it say? Continue in prayer. Hallelujah. And watch in the same with continue in and watch in the same. So, even in prayer, in your praying, in your watching in prayer, you do it with what? Thanksgiving. Which means you should never pray and not give thanks. You should never have a prayer session and it does not include thanksgiving. You cannot come to a prayer session and you come. Mokama, mkuska, okenda tukolele chama kero, omuli munguita, then you finish and you go away. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. That's the heavenly way of doing things. Thanksgiving. You come before him, before you even place your petitions, you first give him thanks. I thank you. If you've forgotten eh, what to thank him for, at least open the scriptures. I thank you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, I thank you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Amen. And you thank him for your nose. Hallelujah. Shaka predesika. <laughs> Hallelujah. He made sure yours are wide enough to bring in all the air you need. <laughs> I think you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Might be there, you're a nice, good Muganda lady. You say, I thank you, Lord. It's Tiwacha Buganda, Chiribulunji. 
<laughs> I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> you know, whenever they used to sing that anthem, HT Watcher Uganda Chavad. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught. Abounding therein. Hallelujah. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding. Literally, your thanksgiving must abound. Hallelujah. Rooted and built up where? In him. In who? In Jesus. You're rooted and you're built up in Jesus. And you are established in the faith as you have been taught. So, then you abound in that teaching with what? Thanksgiving. You are bound in faith with thanksgiving. You are bound in your firmness and stability in Christ with thanksgiving. So, if in fact, if anything, the more you have established in Christ, the more thankful you are. You're like, I thank you, Lord, for the foundations that I have. Amen. I thank you, Lord, for the word that's in my life. I thank you for the faith I'm able to exercise every day. I thank you that I know you. I thank you that I can worship you. I thank you that I can pray. Hallelujah. Amen. The other day, it was a bit late. I said, let me pray for you 30 minutes. Next thing I knew, it was 6 a.m. Afterwards, I said, I thank you, Lord, that I can pray. I don't take it for granted. Why? Because I can remember days when it was harder. I, I could remember days when you look at the clock and it is not shifting. Now I can, now I don't remember to look. Actually, I, I begin to look because I'm like, it is light outside already. I thank him. That's a privilege. I can't take it for granted. Hallelujah. I thank him. You are bound in thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there are others who are crying to God for her. Hallelujah. Yeah. There are those who are crying to God for her. Commander You thank him, you're like, Lord, I thank you. You're so good to me. You know, all of you here, you should be thanking God. Bazungu pay a lot of money to go to the beach and to go to tanning saloons to just get a little browner. You, you were born like that. Plenty of melanin. When the summer comes, they literally wear things that are because they need a lot of sun on every exposed surface. And they're only going to get a few short weeks of it in the summer. So, you know, when you come from Africa and you're not used to those things, you can walk around the mall and knock walls. (laughs) Because they are all in. (laughs) And and then here we start copying, not realizing for them, Bambi, they need sun. They only get it for a short time. You, you need to cover up. You already get too much sun. (laughs) <laughs> you thank God that you are in Uganda 
and the sun shines from January to January. Yeah. When I usually come back here, people wonder why I'm in vests when they are wearing sweaters. Yeah. For me, I'm thinking it is so warm. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, it's just nice. Lovely. Thank God. Let me tell you, you have no clue. You need to travel sometime. Eh? In fact, I, I believe God, every person in breakthrough at one point must board a plane and get out of Uganda. For at least one trip. Eh? So that you can appreciate how much God has blessed you to live in this country. Ooh, you have no clue. Until you go elsewhere. I sit in churches in America and I'm like, but now I'm going to break through. I'm looking forward. I'm dying just to get back to this kind of worship. You thank God. You say, I thank you, Lord. That before time you set boundaries and you chose that my boundaries will be here in Uganda. Oh, I thank you. What a privilege and an honor it is. You'll be amazed when you start thanking him for Uganda. You begin to see all the good things about Uganda that you are not seeing before. Hey, you know my problem here. I keep cutting grass. You know my problem in America. I have to keep watering it to grow. Every day in the morning, you spray it. Then you come back. Then they tell you now it needs some uh, grass food. Then you can bring grass food and you put in. Then you spray again. Here. Be thankful. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The things, you know, you might be here and you're like, now for us we have malaria all the time. Eh? Those guys get a flu every year. Eh? That's worse than malaria. It kills. Forget this flu here. This, our flu here is just for making you miserable for two, three days. The flu... There's a reason they call it the flu. They don't just call it flu. They call it the flu. (laughs) They don't even call it flu. They call it the flu. It is that deadly. Man, you thank God. Hallelujah. I often, I try to remind people around here that it's so easy to take for granted. Let me tell you. What we eat here is what the rich eat in America. Organic food is extremely expensive in America. Then what we think is good is what the poor eat. Yes. You see here, if someone wants to take you for a treat, you're thinking pizza, hati, simanya, KFC, what? Eh? You're a poor host when you buy people pizza when they come to your home. Yeah, pizza is what you, is that convenient thing when you didn't want to cook and go, go out of your way to do something nice. You know, you're like, Anange, ordering a pizza. We are so blessed. So blessed. I like passion fruit juice. Hmm? There's a store called HEB in Houston. Each
passion fruit is three dollars and eighty cents. One passion fruit. I tell me, I don't know if you've really understood even what I'm talking about. We're talking about fifteen thousand shillings per passion fruit. So, how much does a glass of passion fruit juice cost? <laughs> if you put three of them, eh? forty-five thousand for one glass of passion fruit juice. So it is a luxury you only give yourself once in a while. <laughs> then you come here and they're like, eh? We make up for mutwaro. Ay, many. Mm, 60 for mutwaro. Can you imagine? We are blessed. We are blessed. Thank him every day. Thank him every day. Sure, are there things we would love to see change? Yes, they are. Most of them are man-caused our politics. Yeah? But there is an abundance of good things God has given us. And we should be thankful for them. Amen? Thankfulness. Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, we see our friend Jonah. Jonah gives thanks in the middle of the belly of the fish. And God responds to his thanksgiving by commanding the fish to vomit him. I don't know which situation you're in today, but you need to start giving thanks. Amen. You need to start giving thanks. You'll be amazed. Thanksgiving even transforms your heart. We see in Romans chapter 1, their hearts became darkened because they stopped giving thanks. That tells you that when you start giving thanks, your heart begins to get light. Amen. As you start to give thanks, there is a lightening of the Lord on you. There is a shaft of light begins to shine in and open you up and you begin to appreciate the goodness of God. And as you appreciate the goodness of God, it begins to reflect in every area of your life. Because as you appreciate the goodness of God, your countenance will change. Someone who is thankful, even their countenance changes. Because they are not grumbling. They are thankful. Their countenance will change. As your countenance changes, let me tell you, it's, you can't be depressed when you are a thankful person. Because what usually happens when you are depressed? You are thinking all sorts of bad things. But if you are thinking thoughts of thanks, how can you get depressed? It's because we lose sight of what God is doing that we end up in these things. We lose sight of His goodness. We lose sight of what He's doing. And then that's how we end up suffering from depression and all sorts of things because we cannot see His goodness at work. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at another example. Let's go to the book of Daniel. Chapter 6. Now, in Daniel chapter 6, there were these guys. They used to work with Daniel. They really wanted to frustrate Daniel. They looked for a way to find fault and failed. So they set a plot. Said, ah, uh-uh, we know Daniel. The only place we can trap him in is in his commitment to his God. So what we are going to do, let's go and convince the king that for the next 30 days, people should not pray to anyone except the king. I think that king was a bit foolish. 
he should have suspected something is strange here. Of all things, why are they saying this? Because no matter what the official law might say that you are God, you the one who they are saying you know you are not. You, you know you are not. So when people say they pray to you, you should ask yourself, but how am I going to hear these prayers? So they convinced the king. And this is the interesting thing. When they go to the king and convince him, Daniel doesn't go back to the king to lobby. Because most of us, our default reaction these days is instead of going for spiritual power, we head for secular power. You want to lobby the MP. You want to call the minister. You want to go to state house. That's your first reaction. Why? Because somewhere along the way, you've lost sight of where your real power is. This is what it says of Daniel. When Daniel knew that the document was signed, hallelujah, verse 10, when Daniel knew, 610, yeah. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Hallelujah. Amen. says, my NASB puts it this way. He entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Hallelujah. So he didn't start when they passed a decree. He had already been doing the same. He used to come and pray and give thanks. Pray and give thanks. Remember what we said before. Prayer with thanksgiving. Prayer always goes hand in hand with thanksgiving. In fact, many people's prayers are not effective because they never accompany them with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You know in Buganda when you go to Ekwanjula, they ask you for a chitacho Yeah? And they call it a chigularuj. Mumanyikaucha ya Buganda. They call it a chikolashi? Chiguroruji. Eh? Well, let me tell you, chiguroruji chomuguru is thanksgiving. Amen. That's why he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You're bringing them to a closed gate. Shaka barazakata. Hallelujah. Kumechi gula tochikozechi. Tochirese. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you must open the gates with thanksgiving. You think about it. If thanksgiving is what opens, hmm? then think about that promise. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. We need to trigger the opening with thanksgiving. 
Hallelujah. So Daniel, already living a lifestyle of of thanksgiving, even when they pass a decree that he knows is likely leading to lions for him, what does he do? He goes to give thanks. He says, when he knew the document was signed, he didn't go to go to grumble and complain. He went to do as was his usual custom, prayer and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And guess what happened? Of course, they report him. The king spends three days trying to figure out how to save Daniel. But the king is also bound by the law. The law of the Medes and Persians said, you know, once a decree is issued, it cannot be reversed. And the king himself was subject to the law. So Daniel tells him. In fact, what's most interesting is that it is Daniel who tells the king, look, stop stressing yourself. The law is like that. You just put me there. And they put Daniel there. And let me tell you something interesting. Lions could not touch a man who lives a life of life thanksgiving. Amen. Lions could not come near a man who lives a life of thanksgiving. Man, he probably had one as a pillow. Hmm? Just lean back and uh, just enjoy yourself. Meanwhile, these were hungry lions. They used to leave them deliberately hungry. So that when they throw criminals in there, the lions are hungry enough to do something. Because if lions are well fed, they won't do anything. So they would have them very hungry. And they send this testy morsel called Daniel. And the lions are just lounging with him. Says God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. He couldn't touch him because he lived a life of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 20. Most of us when we read Second Chronicles 20, we focus on verse 20. Believe the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And we stop there. Hmm? But before, we, we, you know, before we can even look at that, we need to see something very interesting. Hallelujah. Immediately after verse 20 where he says, believe the Lord and believe his prophets. What does he say? He says, when he had consulted with the people. Hallelujah. Amen. He appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. And I love verse 22. When they began, hallelujah, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon. Hallelujah. Moab and Mount Seir. When they did what? When they began. God had already assured them of the victory. He'd even already told them, you guys won't have to fight. But yet, the victory only began when they began to sing and to praise him. Giving thanks to him for his loving kindness. So there is a trigger that causes things to start happening. The word may be present. The word may be spoken. Bountiful harvest. But there is a trigger. 
And that trigger is thanksgiving. There is this divine trigger to your miracle. Thanksgiving. Look at how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, I thank you, Lord, that you have heard me. And I don't say it, you know, and he says, and I say it for their benefit. He says, I thank you, Lord, that you've heard me. Then you know what he says? Lazarus, come forth. He had already prayed before. Because by the time he comes, he says, I thank you that you heard me. And then he makes it clear that he's only saying these things for the benefit of these people around here. So he had prayed. But now that trigger needed to be released. And he says, I thank you. And after he says, I thank you, he says, Lazarus, come forth. That trigger. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving thanksgiving hallelujah and it has to be from the heart hallelujah don't become mechanical here you just start thanking your heart is still dark you need to actually meditate on his goodness you need to meditate on how good he has been to you so that it flows out of the heart it is an, an actual issue now i'm not saying issue like the time of issues of the heart but issue the word issue means for something to come out of so your thanksgiving should be an issue of the heart hallelujah it is issued forth from your heart because you've been meditating on his goodness you've been meditating on his loveliness and there is now it's just an overflow and it hallelujah you see Angels have environments they are familiar with. Because they are always in heaven, eh? they know which environment. There is an environment that they are comfortable with. That's the environment of thanksgiving. So you create the kind of environment that they are comfortable working in. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So imagine, even though the word had been spoken, it was when they began to give thanks the was triggered hallelujah now let's talk about types of thanksgiving hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah amen psalm 107 verse 22 says and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing hallelujah and let's read psalm 116 verse 17 i will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and i will call upon the name of the lord hallelujah Amen. Mm. amos 4 5 but you know now amos 4 5 is very tricky because they were giving thanksgiving but they were giving thanksgiving with living in it I'll explain that one later. Actually, let me first leave that one because some people might get confused. Hallelujah. But notice something. He's talking about a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Every time they came before God, their thanksgiving wasn't only with words. Hallelujah. Notice here, he keeps talking about an offering of thanksgiving. I will offer to you thanksgiving. There is an acknowledgement. There is something they come with. Hallelujah. I don't know. 
I use Buganda culture because that's what I grew up in. Yeah, but I know other cultures are similar. You, if you don't go to thank empty-handed, do you? It, it is, in fact, chivve, as they say. It is abomination to go to give thanks empty-handed. Hallelujah. So how do you go to God to give Him thanks empty-handed? In fact, God is so particular about it that when the Israelites are leaving Egypt, He tells Moses, tell the Israelites to go and borrow from the Egyptians. And then He says this specifically, He says, that they may not leave empty. He says that they may not what? Leave empty. Now, in chapter 34, when, he's, when Moses is teaching them about how they should come to God, God speaks and he says, A none shall appear before me empty. So God makes sure they don't leave empty so that they don't appear before him empty. In fact, if you read the story of Exodus, there was a time when Pharaoh was re- ready to let them go. He said, it's fine, they can go, but they must leave their animals behind. Have you read that part? And Moses says, "Uh uh-uh, we can't. We need them in order to sacrifice. So they could have left earlier. But they couldn't leave empty. So that when they get to God, they don't come before him empty. Amen. Now God... Is when you have a heart that genuinely wants to give thanks to him, he will make sure he gives you what to thank him with. Because he made sure he provided so that when they come, they have something to offer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He will not ask you for what you don't have. He made sure they didn't leave empty so that when they appear before him, they don't appear empty. So thanksgiving... Does, is not empty words. Hallelujah. Why isn't it empty words? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. In fact, I like that. That's how the scripture puts it. That's where your heart is also. Hallelujah. So, he wants you, I mean, you can't tell me, my heart is bursting with thanksgiving, but you cannot let go of your treasure. Amen. Amen. Now, that's the first type of thanksgiving. The next one is with your mouth. Hallelujah. Psalm 147, verse 7. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. God gave us a mouth and we must use it. Our mouth was created to give him praise. Hallelujah. There is power in our thanksgiving. See how Hezekiah and his people, they began to sing. They sang thanks and God responded. So there is thanksgiving that must come out of your mouth. In fact, let me tell you, when your mouth is continually uttering thanksgiving, it doesn't have time to say other things. Hallelujah. It has no time for gossip and slander because it's giving thanks. Keep it busy with thanks. Hallelujah. Yeah, keep that mouth busy with what? 
Amen. We are still reading. Hallelujah. Shebrosuku Prateka. Jeremiah 30:19. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. Then he says, And I will multiply them and they will not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Hallelujah. See what results from thanksgiving. There is thanksgiving come out of them. There is joy coming out of them. And as a result, God God multiplies them and they are not few. And he he glorifies them as well. When you live a life of thanksgiving, you prompt God to multiply you. You prompt God to glorify you so that you are not small. Hallelujah. Why? Because he wants more thanksgiving. In Colossians, we already read that. He, he makes things happen for you just so that you can give thanks. And when you begin to give those thanks, he wants to give you even more. So that you can give more thanks. And as you give more thanks, he gives you even more. So that you keep multiplying, you keep becoming bigger and bigger. And the bigger you become, the more he makes you bigger so that you can give even more thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a chain reaction. Hallelujah. It feeds each other. Feeds. It's a feedback loop. We used to call it a feedback loop. You know, in physics. You have a feedback loop. You give thanks. He responds. Then you give thanks again. He responds. The more you give thanks, it just turns into a feedback loop. Hallelujah. God wants thanksgiving. He delights in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And then, to make it even better, He delights in it, and then He rewards you for it. Amen. You know, there are things that amaze me about God. Because God, having come and died for me, and paid the ultimate price, deserves to ask me for my stuff without giving me anything else. Is that true? He already did the best that could be done. He gave his only begotten son. He gave the best he has, just for that alone, to know that I cannot perish, but I'm, I have eternal life. Should be enough for God to tell me, therefore, in the Yeah? Yet, despite the fact that we owe Him, He still rewards us for doing that which we ought to be doing anyway. That's what's so amazing about God. Because honestly, God is in all His full rights to simply demand that you give Him the tithe. Yeah? Because you're acknowledging His Lordship. Yet, despite the fact that he can just simply demand for it, he still makes a promise and says, and I'll open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, I will rebuke the devourer. He, he is not under any obligation to make those promises. Yet he does. How amazing he is. And him being that amazing, how can you be so proud and arrogant that you say you will not claim them? It is pride and arrogance to refuse to claim the promises of God when he offered them by himself without you asking for it. Hallelujah. Yeah. I tell people, God is the one who said, none of us pushed him and squeezed him to promise concerning our giving. Isn't that true? He made it on his own. Therefore, it would be arrogance on my part to say, I may have given, but I don't need anything. Eh. Hey. Gawe punk. 
The one who said it, he knew you need it. That's why he put it there. How can you say for you you don't need? Unless your heart is so small, you can't even see needs around you. Because if for you you are okay, yeah, there are people around you that need. Claim it for them at least. At least claim the blessing for the ones around you that have need of the resources God can give you so that you can distribute to them. Hallelujah. Every time I hear it, it's very common in America. No, for me, I just give because I love. These things of um, uh, claiming promises, it feels like, um, it feels like, you know, I'm only giving to receive. Therefore, for me, I only give because, you know, I'm like, how dumb thou art. Seriously. Because I'm thinking, it's the full counsel of God. He made the promise. It's my duty to receive it by faith because he gave it by grace. Nobody asked him. Nobody pushed him. It was an act of grace. I must receive the fullness of grace, not only part of it. All of it. So I receive the instruction with grace and I respond to it by faith. Then I res- again, I receive the promise with faith and again I respond to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let us come before Psalms 95 to let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And make a joyful noise unto him with Psalms. Hallelujah. Psalms are very important. How many here read at least a psalm a week? I'm not even saying daily, a week. Hallelujah. Ha! Child of God. Child of God. Hallelujah. Do you know, most of us don't even know how to thank God properly. But the Psalms are full of thanksgiving. You will know how to properly thank God. And even realize the things you've never thought of acknowledging Him for when you read the Psalms. There is so much thanksgiving in those 150 Psalms. Hallelujah. At least start with one a week. Then move to one a day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. One psalm a day. Hallelujah. I think those guys were just marketing apples. But a psalm a day hmm, will keep depression away. Hallelujah. A psalm a day. Hallelujah. Yeah, will keep this fallenness of mind away from you. Because you will be in the attitude of thanksgiving. Put in a psalm a day. And let me tell you how to read psalms. They don't read psalms. You don't open. No. Psalms eh, are spoken out loud. Hallelujah. Wake up in the morning. Open and read it. Say it. Proclaim it. They are meant to be spoken. And become the kind that when you meet each other, you say a psalm. It says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Hallelujah. Speak to one another. Solomon, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. Nayenga damunga. Alamizamo dundiro. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was our talk to each other? Do you know how amazing it would be that when you meet each other, there is a psalm coming out of you. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. The Lord which made heaven and earth. Huh? Hallelujah. Amen. Speak to one another with something because you will begin to speak thanksgiving to each other and says, and then they that loved the Lord spoke often one to another and a book of remembrance was opened before him for them that loved him and thought often upon his name. So, what triggers it? You meet them, and we've already been told, speak to one another with psalms. So you meet them, and you speak psalms to them. And a book of remembrance is opened before God. Can you imagine? Huh? If you who loves God, you meet. Because every time them that love God meet and talk, a book of remembrance is opened. I don't know what's written in your book of remembrance. <laughs> There is a book of remembrance open. What is in your book of remembrance? Buza Muno, what's in your book? Life is hard. Hmm? I mean, seriously, we have a book of remembrance. When your book of remembrance should be filled with God is good, God is lovely. Mukamanga murungi, ngangkoro murungi. Hmm? Nazuku senga tewali kanuma. Hmm? Shaba kaledebra. Eh, mukama na ina gura wechi tabocha remembrance. Eh, naga na iwa aburono. Eh, nino kubakoche mukolera lero. Hallelujah. Your thanksgiving triggers your miracle. But when the book is full of complaints, we know what God, how God responds to complaints, don't you? Just go and read Exodus. Every time they grumbled, we know what happened. Pestilence. Snake bites. All sorts of things just happened. Every time they grumbled. But you give him thanks and see how he responds. Even the Baganda know it. Baganda entasima. Shapra kata lebra ha. Nawobachimanyi. Hallelujah. Ebi okunsi vaigizebiomuguru. Thanksgiving causes God to act on your behalf. Amen. Amen. I'm enjoying this sermon, by the way. Hallelujah. We talked about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. So you know, 
Thanksgiving, first of all, you come with something. You don't come to give thanks empty-handed. Hallelujah. But it also, you must speak. Your mouth has power. Speak, 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 speak. Hallelujah. I want to give you a challenge. This week, start this week. Wake up every morning and speak a psalm. Open and speak a psalm. Make it your habit every day to take one psalm. Miranga Hallelujah. The psalms will vaccinate you. Hallelujah. Against having a darkened heart. Against having a darkened understanding. They will vaccinate you against ingratitude. Hallelujah. Take a psalm in every day. Let me tell you, what I love about the Psalms, even the ones where David begins like he's complaining, he finishes when he's giving thanks. Why so downcast, O my soul? Then what does it say? Put your hope in God. Even when he starts saying, but why do they, why do the wicked prosper? And he's asking all these questions. Then he ends by saying, but I have seen their end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the time he finishes, he finishes always in hope and faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Every day, read, speak it out loud. Don't just read it in your mind. Hallelujah. The power is in the speaking. That's why he says, my word that has gone forth. How does it go forth? It is spoken. It goes forth by being spoken. God has spoken once. Twice have I heard. How did you hear it twice? Because you repeated it. Hallelujah. In fact, what does the Bible say? The word of the Lord went forth. Great was the company that published it. Great was what? The company that published it. The word, for example, has gone forth. Hallelujah. Bountiful harvest. All of you should be publishers of the word. Publish it. Speak it everywhere. When people are telling you, is being crowned with a bountiful harvest. There are some people hear them. Banange twenty 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 guacodi. They think eh, they think that somehow magically on thirty first somehow eh, just because the calendar has changed everything will go away. No, it will go away when you decide. Speak. So when they are busy saying twenty twenty guacodi guabagambe zemwe mumjira muagare gueko zeyange ninda bountiful harvestage crowning. Hallelujah. Crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Hallelujah. Now, let's see. Nehemiah, they were setting in order. But first, let's look at Leviticus 22-29. says, And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. Shabo suprede. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is not coerced or forced. It must come from your heart. It comes from your free will. Why? Because you've understood why you have reason to give thanks. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now in Nehemiah, after you know they've done all these things, they, they, they're setting in place 
how the order of worship happens. And you see something interesting in Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 17. It says, And Mataniah, the son of Micah, the son of Zabdi, the son of Asaph, was the principal to begin the thanksgiving in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. To begin the what? The in prayer. Once again, you see that emphasis? Every time you pray, there must be thanksgiving. And the thanksgiving is what begins. Hallelujah. The thanksgiving is what begins. Because it is the one that opens the gate. Hallelujah. Just remember, thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And, and you see this. Rusuko prete kalebasta ha. You see this, and uh, in fact, throughout Nehemiah, just read chapter 11, chapter 12, and you see Thanksgiving coming up over and over as they are dedicating the wall. Now they've finished it and they're dedicating it. There's a lot of Thanksgiving happening. Hallelujah. Amen. We must give thanks. Amen. We must give thanks. Amen. 